Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Washington fans, welcome to the Burgundy Network podcast, part of the Full Press Coverage Washington Network. This podcast is brought to you by 500 Level, who specializes in officially licensed shirts to help you rep your favorite sports team and players, and I'm sure we're going to see an increase in Chase Young shirts after today. Grab your shirt from 500 Level to help rep your team and player, and there's no doubt it'll be your most complimented shirt. And the best part, Brian, you can use our code BNP20 to save 20% off your order. Like you said, you got your Chase Young shirt coming. Perfect time, Brian. What a game. Washington wins this one 23-15 in San Fran slash Arizona. On the road, getting the big win. We are now the lone leaders in the NFC East First reactions, fresh off the game, ended like, what, an hour and a half ago? How yep. are you feeling? Uh, first reaction, the defense was so dominant. I mean, more dominant than I can imagine, or I can even remember a Washington defense ever being. I have no idea the last time they scored two defensive touchdowns, but that was incredible, and thank goodness for that defense. They were the difference in the game, literally, but... uh uh, I felt like there was no doubt at a certain point because of that defense was just shutting down the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan couldn't do anything he wanted. Uh, Nick Mullins was sitting there back there like a deer in headlights. It was <laughs> it was awesome. And and like you said, Chase Young, not that he really needed a coming out party. I think he's a pretty well-known player. But, man, if there was any doubt that he was uh, worth that number two overall pick, that is gone. Uh, I want to yep. hear uh, a wash or read a Washington Post article apologizing for putting that out earlier in the season. Bus should never ever be considered with his name ever again, especially after tonight. The one thing that stands out with Chase Young is how respected he is around the league already. You see guys like Big Ben and uh, Mike Tomlin last week talking to him, and then I saw him and Sherman have an exchange. Um, during the game it's just vets in the league see this guy and know how special he is already you said something before we started recording this game felt like another game in the uh, most not really recent past of yeah, Washington history <laughs> tell us a little bit about that game what did this remind you of yeah so this is going on 14 years ago though actually the last playoff win for Washington the the Redskins at the time uh, that was the play a lot of people were comparing uh, Chase Young's fumble scoop and score to was Sean Taylor's scoop and score. That was a playoff game against Tampa Bay. They won it 17-10. to 10, And we were talking about how little the offense did. And it wasn't just Alex Smith. It wasn't just no Antonio Gibson. It wasn't just Dwayne Haskins. It was the entire offense just wasn't doing much. Just like in that game, uh, Washington put up 41 passing yards from Mark Brunel. I think 120 total. And in today's NFL, I guess if you account for inflation, we'll say, with how much they throw the ball, 193 is what we ended up with. I think that's pretty close to being the exact same type of game. So 
just insane. Uh, but I'll take it. Hey, a win's a win. And if it takes your defense scoring for you a couple of times, I'll, I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, ask the 2000 Ravens how their defense helped them win the Super Bowl when they had Trent Dilfer, if you remember those days. Um, but yeah. I remember that Tampa Bay-Washington game so clearly, and that's exactly what it felt like. Stan Fran also has such a great defense. You know, obviously they have all these injuries and everything. So let's take let's take a look at it. We have to talk about our offense because, you know, it doesn't look like they showed up, but they were still there. And then obviously we're going to marinate in this defense and how just outstanding that was tonight. Offensively, Alex Smith obviously um, shaken up. Ron said after the game it was just soreness and muscle tightness. So pretty much me getting out of the bed every morning. I think he's going to be fine, but he said they're going to take a look at him throughout the week. He's not going to come out and say anything yet. If, you know, Alex or Dwayne starts next week against Seattle, he said they're just going to see how it goes throughout the week. You know, Alex, to me, he looked pretty good on the sideline afterwards. How do you think he looked walking around, taking a look at the tablet with Dwayne? What do you kind of notice? Yeah, I think that it looked like he was kind of limping a little bit. And honestly, like, who knows if that's kind of just how he's walking now with his leg being the way it is. I I think if he absolutely had to, you know, if Dwayne was banged up and, um, you know, they, they needed a quarterback out there, I think Alex could have gone back out there. Uh, like, like you were kind of saying, I think it was kind of precautionary more than anything. You don't need to force it with Alex Smith, especially with how much he's already been through. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta imagine that with this stretch run, it'll, it'll take a lot more than that to keep Alex Smith out of this game. But like you said, looking on the tablet, I really kind of, I feel like we might be looking at the future for Alex Smith. Just, he looks like a coach on the sideline. We saw him with his helmet all, uh, second half long. He was listening to the plays. Even, I think I saw somebody even tweet out a screenshot, even down to the, the victory formation. He had his helmet up there. So he was always involved with the game. It looked like he was talking with Dwayne. Uh, you know, every time he was over on the sideline. So I, I love to see that. Uh, just speaks to who Alex Smith is. Um, but y- you got to hope that uh, he's okay because he- he's definitely done the most with this offense. But tonight was pretty ugly regardless. Yeah, a couple things you said I want to hit on. Obviously, I think going forward, being the NFC East leaders right now, if we do get this playoff run, we need Alex. I don't think we can sustain any kind of wins with Haskins, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about how he was tonight. Uh, but like what you said with, you know, Coach, we'll just say Coach Alex, not quarterback yeah, Coach, Alex, Coach right. Alex. He's done it in the past. He had to do it with Colin Kaepernick before he took over in San Fran and then did the same with Mahomes in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So it absolutely would not be the first time that he's had to do that role. I think, you know, he's... He's the kind of guy, he just wants to win. He just wants to be a part of the team, part of the game of football, regardless of what that looks like. But as of right now, he is our quarterback for the rest of the season. I think we need him. But I think he would be an outstanding vet to have a young quarterback, possibly like we've been talking in the draft series, drafting Burgundy, about bringing in a quarterback. Because I, I think it's safe to say we all know for long-term success, we need to a long-term quarterback correct oh yeah absolutely and I think tonight was uh, yeah I think tonight made that even more evident but yeah absolutely yeah ending the game with 95 yards passing screams we need a quarterback so let's talk about it Haskins we saw him come in before halftime take the knee while Alex went got iced kind of questioned are we going to see him second half we really didn't know sure enough Haskins comes in 
I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, but what I saw was kind of the same thing. I'm not too disappointed because it hasn't been but so long since, you know, Haskins played. But it was the same things, missing high, not really going through his reads. Was there some drops? Absolutely. Steven Sims, uh, I'm I'm ready to move on past him. Too many drops, first off. Um, so that doesn't help out your quarterback. But just the same things. Looked uncomfortable moving around out of the pocket, taking the sacks when he didn't need to. Um, and just missing high. I, I don't really see any improvement. It, but like I said, it hasn't been with so long. You know, what can right. he grow? Yes. Do we have time for that? Sadly, no. Yeah. That, that's well, how I think. Go ahead. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And so you do have to factor a lot of things in. I mean, there's there's something to be said when you're preparing all week, knowing you're going to play. Uh, and then there's a, the difference in being thrown in halfway through the game. So that's tough. And the fact that he went seven for 12, I mean, that's okay. And, and you mentioned the drop. The drop by uh, Steven Sims was just brutal. But, uh, you know, the throwing it high and almost costing them that, that pick was just awful like we, we had seen early on in the season. And you're right, it hasn't really changed. And uh, one of the things that I, I've liked about Haskins is that he can change his delivery. He can, he can figure out how to get it around. And we saw him zip yeah. a couple of throws. But sometimes he gets just – it gets a little weird when he's throwing it's it. on that. Yeah, his, his – on that throw particularly, he really looked like, and I, I, I responded to somebody, he looked like Vince Young, how Vince Young used to throw it from his shoulder, despite the fact being 6'5", or whatever he was, where he could throw it way up high and use his height, he would throw it from his shoulder, and it looked like Haskins did that, and it just kind of, he pushed it up and caused it to sail, but you're right, the mechanics were just way off, and you know, maybe if it if he got a full week and knew he was starting, that maybe that's improved a little bit. But being thrown in there, it just looked like a lot of the same. Uh, but at the same time, you know, his first drive, he comes in, he he leads him down the field, gets a field goal, and I think the the Sims drop was the the very next drive after that. So he was moving the ball okay, but but you're right when he had to sit back there and and make some throws, he he missed on a, a couple of bad ones. Yeah, the arm angles, not anything like Kurt Warner. Um, who is still dominant with one of the craziest arm motions, just completely right. sideways. I Matt, don't know how he Matt did. Stafford, but Matt yeah. Stafford and like Patrick Mahomes, they do it when they have to. They can sling he, it. He kind of like it's like he's get he gets lazy or something or something. He he's not he's not doing something correct, and that's when he drops down. When he's when he's on, I mean, he's got a cannon, but yeah. he just sometimes yeah, something's just a little off every now and then with the him. The arm strength's always been there. That's never been a question for, sure. for Haskins. And we saw uh, it tonight. There was some zip out there. A couple yeah. he rifled in there looked really good. But, yeah, a couple of them he just uh, – I, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I will say I'll give a kudos just looking at stats. J.D. McKissick stepping up, you know, filling yeah. in for Gibson. 11 carries, 68 yards. That's a 6.2 average. That's – I mean, that, that's good. Yeah, and that, that was one of my big notes on the offense is the fact that he averaged that much um, – and you know, I know they want to use him in in as a receiver too. But the fact that he only had four targets showed me that, you know, he's a running back. Like use him as a running back. No offense to Peyton Barber, who I felt like got some solid carries out there. I think if Antonio Gibson and I don't expect him back for another couple of weeks. I think we talked about the toe injury is going to linger. I think that's just what yeah. turf toe is. I think J.D. McKissick's got to be way more involved on the ground and and like tonight a six. Uh, Six per pop average, uh, you know, I'd love that more than Peyton Barber out there. Yeah, six per pop, like you said, on a quote-unquote third down back. 
I mean, imagine like Chris Thompson when we had him mm-hmm. chucking out six yards of carry. You can't you can't help but be proud of that. Um, like I said, with Gibson down, still don't really know. They said like he was doubtful and questionable for this game, so it kind of makes me think maybe next week, but I don't think so. I think we'll see him come back for Carolina. Um, kind of just you know let him rest this one out because uh, you don't want to rush him back. No. First year running back. Looks like he's going to be the future of the franchise at, at the position. Uh, so I, I'd say the safe thing is to rest him. And uh, speaking of the future of this franchise, Terry McLaurin didn't do crazy numbers tonight, obviously because of quarterback play. But playing hurt, you saw him get up, you saw him limping, and then finally hitting that 1,000-yard mark. He was the 12th wide receiver taken in this class, hitting that 1,000-yard mark. Definitely gets a shout-out. Unreal. Yeah, and and like I said, he was playing. You, like you said, you agreed with me. You saw him get up. You saw him limp. He played hurt. I mean, how much? Yeah. How much you respect this guy? Oh, I mean, it's it's unbelievable the just the professional he is. And I, I still have to remind myself it's only his second year. That still blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I feel like every week we're seeing questionable, and you know they took away probable. So I don't know that he's like completely banged up, but it seems like every week it's his ankle or something, and. You know, it looked like Richard Sherman on his first catch, I think it was, kind of rolled up on his ankle, yeah. and he was walking kind of funny. But he's a huge deal, man. You know that the, you know, especially with Gibson out, the defenses are gonna, they're gonna zone in on 17. And despite that, the, the you know, even even not at 100, percent you just he, he means a whole lot to this offense. And so to see him go over a thousand, even though these last couple of games haven't been pretty, is just really great. And you got to think that last year he could have easily gone over a thousand with a little more consistent quarterback play, and he missed a couple games, and and then again this year catching passes from three different guys, still getting it done. Just just the ultimate professional. I will say this: I think I really do believe, especially right now, that we have the number one defense in the NFL, especially on the front. I think the secondary play is getting better. Linebacker core is stepping up. If we can get any kind of offense to match that, we would run away with the NFC East this year, and there's no doubt about it. And I think we can make a solid run in the NFC East. Um, so imagine what Terry can do with a, a guy like Zach Wilson or even Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, if you want to go in there. Can you imagine? He's hitting 1,000 yards with Kyle Allen, Haskins, and Alex Smith and the Washington QB carousel. So the ceiling for him, I feel like we haven't even seen it yet, which is scary. Yeah. If you get a solid quarterback, imagine what Terry can do. Let's talk about it. Defense. This is obviously exactly what we've been ride or dying throughout the season. The biggest thing to me is we have been limiting big plays and we've been making the big plays. Yep. Definitely turn that around. If you look at the stats, everybody was eating tonight. Um, John Bostic hit double-digit tackles with 10 for solo, pass deflection, but obviously the MVP of this game, Chase Young, the Predator, making history tonight. He's the first Washington player to ever have a sack, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown in the same game. Unreal. Crazy. Uh, Yeah, he showed why he was the number two overall pick, and he showed why he was worth that pick, and he showed why Washington was right to go with him. Uh, he single-handedly changed that game. Him and Deron Payne, you know, probably won that game for him on, on their own, but especially 99. 
uh, he dominated and he was coming from all different areas on the field and uh, made it happen. And uh, we, we already said it, that it was his coming out game, but just, I think it just shows that he belongs and he belongs not only in the, you know, as defensive rookie of the year, but he's going to be up there eventually for defensive player of the year. You know, maybe not this year, but down the line, you got to think that this guy is right up there with some of the best defenders. So I, I saw someone say that, you know, these are the kind of the kind of games that Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald have, where they, as defensive players, single-handedly change games. And Chase Young did that tonight. And I'm not a betting guy, but if I had to bet, I would say it's probably not the last time that he changes a game. And pro- I think you tweeted it out. Probably not the last time he scores a touchdown either. Yeah, first of many. Um, there's a guy on Twitter named Seth Walter. He tweeted out that when Chase Young scored that touchdown, he increased the win percentage chance for Washington by 31 percentage points. That's just on the game. And then winning the NFC East went from about 50% up to about 62% roughly. So not only the game, but the season. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about it, and I think it's thrown out there that, you know, single-handedly changing a game. He literally did that. He single-handedly changed this game, and as you're reading right there, he single-handedly might have changed the season for Washington. That's how big of an impact he's having. And if you saw after the game, his mom approved, <laughs> finally. Trucking. Yeah, what'd you say? He, he was trucking it. He was trucking. She said, he, he knows how to pick up that rock. He ain't going to fall on it. He's going to pick it up, and he kept trucking. I was like, he yes. He kept trucking, that's right. Finally got a Mama Young uh, stamp of approval on the game. It's impossible not to. I mean, Nick Mullins was terrified. We talked about it with Javi during the previous show on how he really believed that our defensive line was going to be all over the field. But it seemed like every single play, Chase Young was there. Um, and Nick Mullins, like I said, four sacks. That's exactly how you win games. But Chase Young, uh, I was trying to find his full stat line, six tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits, two passes defended, which to me was crazy on that shuffle pass. Yes, yep. When he was going one way and fell the opposite way just to tip that. Yeah. And then we talked about the fumble recovery, forced fumble, and touchdown. He He's a lock for rookie of the year on defense, but I have to throw the question just rookie of the year. Is he a lock for that, or are you still going Herbert, or are you going quarterback? It seems to be a quarterback-driven award. Yeah. Which way are you leaning? Yeah, I mean, and if Tua can somehow go on a run here and, and, and take the Dolphins to the playoffs or something like that, you're right. I think it, it kind of leans itself more towards the offense. But the fact that, you know, that you can kind of even have that conversation just speaks to how dominant he's been as a as a guy playing in his, you know, what, he missed the game, so he's played in, what, 12 games now or something yeah. like that. I mean, just the fact that he's doing that in his first 12 games is just something special. Um, yeah, I think that this, this game probably got him right up there at the top of the list for defensive rookie of the year. Um, if not put him in the driver's seat, uh, but yeah, it's just special what he's doing. And, and he looks like, you know, just the way he plays and just his instincts in the game, it looks like he's been playing for years and, and maybe it's the Ohio state thing. Maybe they, that's the kind of guys they have. I mean, I, I don't know, but 
that I mean, the Terry Bosa McLaurin, brothers, like you see, they're just yeah. cranking them out. Well, and then, I, I, you know, pass rusher, of course, but then on the offensive side, Terry McLaurin, I, I already said, I can't believe he's only in his second year. They just seem like a couple years ahead uh, than, than the guys their age, and it's uh, it's really cool to see. It's cool to see period in football, but it's really special to see both those guys on the same team. Yeah, and on defense, my co-MVP, if we had to give it to one, Cam Curl. Mm-hmm. Showing up big. I got to play it because you reminded me of this, and I was like, yes. Like, I actually did call yeah. the Cam Curl Called your shot. pick six. I mean, we see Sweat's been tipping him up. Fuller, he's been a pick machine. I want to see more guys step up and get interceptions, and this would be the game to do it. Kind of mentioned, uh, you know, Cam Curl, how he's been growing throughout the season. Jimmy Moreland, I want to see one of these guys pick one off, take it to the crib. I say pick six. I'm going to call. I'll say Curl because he's been getting better every single week. So Cam Curl, pick six. Put your money on it. Uh, plug in your little bet online bets now. But See, Cam Curl, if you put the That's bets right. in, you're you're a rich man today. So this week I, I bought my Chase Young shirt. He has that kind of game. You call the Cam Curl pick. So on the next preview pod, Let's just pick who we're gonna, who's going to dominate because we just call our shots. I'm going to say we're, we're going to put a 50-burger on Seattle. <laughs> just well, pray it happens. I would love that. Uh, yeah. But Camp Curl, man, like what, what what an awesome performance from our first-round safety. Oh, wait, not first round. Oh, wait, not second, third, fourth, fifth, our seventh-round safety. Seventh round. Coming out there making plays this year. And that's not just a, a one-game thing. I mean, he's been making plays for – you know, half the season now and that he gets rewarded with a pick six was really awesome to see. I remember back in April when we drafted him. Um, I just, I remember everyone's like, Oh, like it's another seventh round guy. Not sure too much about him. But when I watched the tapes, I saw a six foot two corner, which like, that's like the perfect height. You want a tall corner like that and just had really long arms and he was a pick machine. I was like, all right, this could be a guy that we could work with. I was hype about it. I was talking to Adam uh, that day too, and you know, people just people don't really watch the end of the draft. I do. Like oh, yeah. I watched every single pick. Like I was oh, yeah. so diving into it. Um, but I just saw a guy with a lot of upside because I know what Kyle Smith. Shout out to Kyle Smith. Make him GM. Start the hashtag Kyle Smith GM. Um, how they've been drafting players and how they mold and fit in the team. Even like guys like Jason Smith Williams, who's slowly, you know getting put on the team, making big mm-hmm. plays. Jimmy Moreland in the seventh round, he's been yeah. big for us. But I think they hit a home run with Cam Curl, and I think he's a guy who really makes you take a look at your secondary situation and say maybe we do move on from Landon Collins in that contract. So yeah. kind of looking forward, do you think we do? Uh, at the very least, you got to think of ways to get them both on the field. I think Landon Collins can have a really – I think he can still have a role, and I think maybe those last couple of games before he got hurt, he was kind of starting to show something. I think he even had a sack in the game that he got hurt. Um, so, and you know, you don't want to pay that much for a hybrid linebacker. So I'm not saying move him there full time, but you got to find a way to get your best players out there. Um, I don't know what the money would be like to move off this off season. I gotta imagine it's pretty expensive if you don't trade them. And you know, again, I don't know the dollars, but it's a good problem to have. I know you wish you probably didn't pay Landon Collins all that money to not really live up to it, you know, for being brutally honest, but it's a good problem to have when you have two guys in the secondary that can make plays that can, 
hopefully, you know, help the defense out. And so maybe Landon Collins does make a, a transition to linebacker or like a hybrid or something. Um, but you got to think that Cam Curl is probably the long-term answer over, over Landon Collins. That's for sure. Yeah, I've been thinking about that because someone asked me the other day, like, could you see him as like a will linebacker? Um, and I don't know. I just I don't like moving guys like him into yeah. that position. Like we had, like you know, we see Isaiah Simmons. It's such a weird position in football. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, we have this blurry line of a position for you. We just want you to be a football player. Like you can play safety. You can play linebacker like we don't really know where we're going to put you at but especially for a guy like that expensive um i just i don't know i'm, I'm never really a fan of that like if that's yeah. what it comes to i'd rather move on yeah no i totally get you and i don't i don't know that it's full time and you're right maybe you don't want him splitting time maybe you want him focusing on the one spot he should be at but i just you, you got to think that there is still some talent there for landon collins so i'm sure they do try to find a way to move on from him but if they're not able to i, I hope that he uh, he, at the very least, is still able to contribute in some sort of way because you got to at least get something out of that contract. Yeah, I think. But all all that to be said, Cam Curl has been quite the revelation, and like I said, it, it gives you a good problem to have, and you you got him on the cheap, and it seems like he's just going to continue to get better and keep making impact plays like he did tonight. Yeah, and another guy, Jeremy Reeves, stepped in whenever it got hurt, made some yep. big plays. It's like the young bucks are just. They're hungry. They want to play. They want to fight for that spot to start. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad if – I think Everett will stay just because he's usually a captain and he's usually used on the special teams really well. Um, I think Abke's gone. I wouldn't be mad if Reeves got more playing time because every time he's been on the field with Curl, they play really well together. Yeah. If you look back at that red zone uh, uh, stand against Dallas on Thanksgiving, Curl and Reeves yeah. were just feeding off each other. So I think – um, that's a great duo to have in the backfield and just see what these young guys do. But one thing that needs to be taken note of is that we can't waste this defense. No. This defense is too good. Yeah. We can't keep riding uh, 190-something yard performances on offense. So I want to talk about that. Looking forward, we lead the NFC East. We have Seattle next, who will break down Thursday night for y'all. Don't worry. But going forward with our offense like this, does did, do, you, do you give us any kind of shot at success at the end of the season or going into the playoffs? Or are we just depending too much on defense? Well, I, I think – so it, it's kind of like a multi-thing. I think that the offense is better than what we've seen these last couple of weeks. And I think leading up to that, we saw a little bit of it. You know, they were going against bad teams and the Bengals and the Cowboys – but then you look back, and Alex Smith put up, what, almost 300 yards passing against the Steelers, which is a top-10 defense, maybe the top defense. And then, again, the 49ers, we talked about in the preview show, despite all their injuries, that defense is still pretty legit. And they showed that, again, at different times today. So I think there's something to be said. It's who you're playing. You just went against two top-10 defenses. Uh, your, your stats probably aren't going to look that good but they probably need to look better than 193 total yards. So, no, I don't think we can rely on the team, you know, going for under 200 yards every week, but I don't think that that's the normal that's the norm either. You know what I mean? Like I think that I think that the offense is going to play a little bit better than this. Um, you know, not having Gibson in there is certainly a factor, you know, not to make excuses for him, but he's a playmaker. He's their number one guy uh, on the ground. 
So no, to answer your question, you know, shortly, no, we cannot continue like this with that, with the offense being that bad. That being said, I don't think it's going to be that bad. And I think a lot of credit's got to be given to the last couple of opponents for how they play defense. I think that's been just as big of a factor as the offense not playing well. Yeah. If Gibson is out, um, like even till like the end of the season, that's going to be massive for us. If we do make it to the playoffs, which it's looking like it's just in Washington's full control. We need him back to the playoffs. You can't make any kind of run without a run game. Yeah. No pun intended. No, no run I, without a run game. And it makes me wonder, you know, now that they have the lead, and I know you don't want to ever give a game away, and you're not thinking that way, but do they maybe, you know, I, I don't know how likely it is that he plays or doesn't play this week, but maybe do they sit him out for Seattle in hopes that they can get the last two in Carolina and, and Philly and Which hopefully have them there. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot that goes into that. And, again, you don't want it, that injury to linger, like you said, and they go into the playoffs and you don't have a, a, an Antonio Gibson 100%. I'd rather lose him now and save him for later. Yeah, I think um, you, we can't win too many games with 190 yards offense. I think that's pretty – fair to say that people will agree with um but like we said with jd mckissick stepping up we did sign warren we don't know you know with the whole covid protocol he had to kind of sit out the only two running backs active we had was mckissick and barber so but it seems like whenever alex smith plays well is when he has gibson going off on these big games so going forward if you're playing these nfc teams in the playoffs you're not gonna have too much success without him so something to watch maybe they do sit him against seattle do you like our chances against them without giving too much away uh, they blew out the jets today by the way yeah and i think that seattle despite years past uh with it being all about their defense and then russell wilson just uh making the perfect throws when he needed to that it's their offense man it seems to be clicking on uh, a lot of cylinders most of the time um, so it's going to take, again, a little bit more offense for going to, but I think that they could, you know, I'm not going to doubt this team anymore. I mean, I mean these last two weeks, you know, I'm not going to doubt them, but, uh, I think Russell Wilson's a, a different cat than these two, these last few quarterbacks have played. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely no Nick Mullins, but like you said, re- respect was gained. I had someone ask me after the game, like, how good does this feel? And, you know, obviously I felt, you know, sky high off like after um, talking to Jason Wright and then the huge Thanksgiving win and then just a monumental game-changing win and just long-term-wise, I I told JP because he asked on Twitter, like, how big was the Steelers' win? That is a franchise-changing win. That's a culture-changing win. And once again, beating a team, I know all the injuries, this is not who we expected to play, but a team that was in the Super Bowl last year, yeah, and you still, and still have to respect that. Yeah, and still, despite all their injuries, had a lot of those same guys out there on the field. Like the, you know, this you could still see that this team was pretty legit. The quarterback held them back, but these were these were guys out there that were making plays against Patrick Mahomes for the first part of that Super Bowl. So you can say the injuries and those have been a huge thing, but you don't ever have to apologize for a win, especially against, like you said, a team coming off, you know, being the second best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, Debo is a beast. Ayuk is a beast. Fred Warner's probably one of the best linebackers in the league. Sherman, who's been around long enough. Like, our young guys are getting so much needed experience against high-level talent. 
And then it shows Ron Rivera coaching against Kyle Shanahan, who's one of the most highest respected coaches in the league. To me, it was just refreshing to see we could hang with them. Which I'd like to point out, everybody conveniently mentions the 9 to nothing game last week. That was not the first time Kyle Shanahan coached against Washington as a head coach. He lost to them a couple of years ago in his first season as the coach of the 49ers. Mm. So tonight was the rubber match. And tonight, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has a losing record against the Washington football team. So write that down. You don't get to pick and choose when the wins matter. They can't only matter if San Francisco's beating Washington. Mm. So Kyle Shanahan, you've got a losing record against your former team. Sorry, pal. It is what it is. I, I don't make the rules. You're one and two. That's a losing record. We'll see you, you know, the next time. Maybe you can even it back up. I'm about to say the playoffs, but they seem to be out this year. Uh, so maybe next year. Breaking news. I know you saw it on Twitter. Not football-related, but Washington no-name related. The yeah. Cleveland Indians are dropping their name. Cleveland baseball team. <laughs> the Cleveland baseballs. <laughs> like. Yeah, I saw that golden tweet. That's been their name for over a century. Yeah, I didn't realize it had been that long. Oh, I knew they were like, a, you know, a storied franchise. I didn't know it had been that long though. Yeah, that's a long time. So finally, yeah. the ball's rolling. No pun intended. Again, just full of puns tonight. The yeah. ball's rolling, changing the name. And another change. We went. You were talking about the culture. Just, I was really nervous about this being an emotional letdown. You know, you get a big win, a short week. You're coming up against a team that's kind of having an emotional time themselves, not really sure where they belong. And I was afraid of a letdown, but I think that we're really seeing, along with the culture-changing win against Pittsburgh, this was culture-changing. You know, it showed that there's a difference. Ron Rivera wasn't going to let these guys get too hyped from last week and let it affect tonight's game, and he didn't. And that's huge. How many times have we seen a team – this team, you know, get on a roll or look like they're about to get on a roll only to drop a game they should have won. Um, so kudos to the coaching staff for, you know, keeping their their heads level and not letting them, you know, think too much about a win and, and forget what they're doing today. So uh, I just think that's huge and, again, speaks to the culture of this team and the culture that Ron and, uh, you know, Jason Wright are building there. Coaching 1 billion percent matters. Um, so we got the dub, like we said, first place in NFC East. Two last things, and we will let y'all go. Brian, I said it. Every time we win a game the rest of the season, I was going to give away another shirt. Let's go. So we got the dub. It's worth the money. I don't care. I want y'all to rep this team and these players. So if you are listening to this episode, the first person to message the Twitter account, at Berg Network Pod, send us a DM. Since Cam Curl came up big, made me proud tonight. Tell me which college he went to. Here's a hint: Alabama. Molly walked them this weekend. Roll Tide. That's right. And the exact pick we know is a seventh round, but tell me the exact pick we got: Cam Curl, and you will get a shirt. So if you're listening to this, first one to do it. I don't make the rules. Just kidding. I just did, kind of. <laughs> First person to DM the account, I will give away a shirt. And you are you offering up the shirt of their choice, or what? What's oh yeah, the, yeah, uh... yeah. I let the other guy pick. Um, Let's go. He picked uh, Terry shirt. Frank uh, at SoCal Redskin one. Shout out Thanks. to him. He won the last one all the way in Cali. 
That's awesome. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, shout out to Frank. But like I said, uh, DM us on Twitter. And honestly, what is the best way to go out of a victory, a victory pod? How about our head coach giving a victory speech? Brian, Look. should we do it? Yeah, take it away, Ron. Anybody take that away from you? You have earned it. For all we have put up for everything we've had to deal with, you've earned the right to be the first place in the NFC. That's who you are. Okay? So I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Act like it. Be professional. Understand what it takes to be a professional and do the professional thing. And understand this. Nobody, and I promise you, nobody wants to play who play us. I'm telling you that right now. We're doing things the right way. Continue to work. Continue to work and do the things you need to do, guys. And you give yourselves an opportunity to be very, very special. Okay? Let's see. Stay on point. Stay on point. Now, here we go. I don't know who it was, but someone at the end said, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> Whoever that was, that gave I me chills when he said that. I, and I think that's the way they're playing. They have nothing to lose. You know, they, they weren't supposed to be here. You know, they weren't uh, supposed to be doing this at 2-7 and seven or whatever the, the worst point of the, the season was. So Ron's got them believing. They got me believing. H-T-T-W-F-T, baby. <laughs> that's a little too long. We'll have to shorten that somehow. <laughs> Anyways, Brian, enjoy this win. Four in a row. Can we make it five? That's the biggest question we will answer on Thursday. We will see y'all for the preview show as we take on Seattle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.